0: hi welcome back to messcast it is currently eleven eleven p m on the twenty third of february on twenty twenty three so we're at two two three two oh two three one 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 that's a lot of fucking energy and I'm here to bring it so here I am hi um today was kind of a I'm not going to say manic. Um but I found I cultivated the energy to get some stuff done, okay? And I had some really good conversations with people that helped me make that happen. When I started to get burned out in the process, like their phone calls or their text messages were just so perfectly timed for me to get a little extra out of what I was doing. Um I have a lot of stuff. I feel like I always have too much stuff. Um, but I keep things for reasons and some things may seem nostalgic, you know, because I, I don't, I don't know what the world's going to look like next week, much less like 20 years from now, but there might be some things that I want to pass on and share. And so that's part of my accumulation. But it's also that I don't use everything every day. I go through phases. And so it's I just appreciate having what I need there when I need it. But it can get overwhelming in the sense that as I flow through different art forms and stuff like that, stuff gets pulled out. Things don't stay clean for a terrible amount of time because I've got three animals that have a lot of shedding hair. And then I have a, at least four creative things that I bounce around but that is neither here nor there Um, part of being able to get stuff done for me is being able to put on music and kind of get into whatever the jam centers of my brain like and some of that's nostalgic as well and I have a playlist um, on YouTube That I call make art, but it's also great for cleaning because they're just like it's just like music that gets me into stuff. So I cleaned a lot today and I did that stuff. And then um, yesterday I actually came across a pair of slippers that I made out of wool. And I have wood floors here. And after I made a space, put those slippers on and um, pretty much I could pretend that I'm roller skating or ice skating on the wood floor in wool slippers. (laughs) Isn't that brilliant? Like it's super great because um, basically you just need a four by four space and you you can exercise pretty hard. By just sliding on the floor in one place, pretending that you're going somewhere. So I put on the music and I was like jamming out with that. But a lot of my music means something, and um, I was starting to think about music that I don't have on my list that I like. So I went there and I was like, oh shit, I kind of forgot how intense this music was, uh, for my brain. Um, a lot of the music I liked when I was younger were female people and I still really like female performers, creators, artists and all that stuff. And there's some really deep stuff (laughs) in the lyrics and, uh, So, I started out with the Murmurs, who, um, I don't know how many people got into them. They were very indie. I think they were considered pop folk. If you go back to their music, what's really cool about them is that, um, you can tell that they were influenced by a lot of different genres of music. Because even though it's just two ladies, primarily, in the band, that they... Gather sounds from a lot of different genres, while they still kind of have this 1990s girl punk thing, but but you can feel bluegrass in there, you can feel surf, you can feel the folk. Um, every song kind of has a different drive toward it, and I guess when I was younger, not knowing that I was probably on the spectrum. Um, the switch ups, the appreciation toward different genres was just super good for me. Um, so I listened to that and then went into some other stuff and, um, I was like, what other ladies have I not listened to in a while that were pretty influential to me when I was young? Dude, Jewel. Jewel. Her album, Pieces of You... (laughs) Go back and listen to it. It is amazing. It is so insightful and very cryptic and dark. And she's just this cute blonde girl. um, Angel wing, you know, over her face kind of thing on the cover. But when you opened up the sleeve to the CD there were all these pictures of her jumping on a trampoline I think she was in like a kind of vintage looking swimsuit and she was just adorable and when I bought that album my brother stole the inside sleeve to the disc because he really thought she was a cutie um (laughs) But when I go back and I listen to the lyrics on pieces of you and think about her age and I think she's only maybe five years older than I am. So that doesn't sound like a lot now, but when you're 13, that can be a lot, you know, living out of her van in Alaska and all this stuff. And I've always had kind of a curiosity about Alaska because of her and A certain interesting resilience. Because I just... Whatever mythological story about Jewel exists... I probably heard it and thought... Gosh darn, what a great lady. Um, Believe it or not... (laughs) Four days ago. So this would be the 19th of February, 2023. On Jewel's page of YouTube she released the 25th anniversary of Pieces of You what (laughs) that means in 1998 Pieces of You came out and in 1998 I was 18 well I mean later in the year So probably, so if that came out in February, I was 17 when that album came out. What the crap, crappity crap crap. But regardless of all this, the lyrics hold the test of time. And um, in fact, there is some controversial verbiage, actually, um, in Pieces of You. The song is, she says faggot. She says, "Jew, <laughs> pieces of you. <laughs> it's incredible. It's incredible because it's so poignant. And I wonder if maybe she kind of was invisible through the last twenty-five years. Like she put out a couple other who will, um, who will save your souls on pieces of you." There was another album that I got that I think was directly after that album. And her sound changed. And so then it was kind of like, mm, are you into it? But it wasn't terrible. It's just I didn't like the whole album the same way. And maybe there was something very poignant and And purposeful in having the 25th anniversary of pieces of you come out because of where we're at in the world. Just think of it jewel, think of the name jewel like it that's a precious stone. Um, a stone can last a long time, it can be resilient. Pieces of you were like if you think about a gem, a jewel, a diamond. It has many facets so we each as individuals have many facets pieces of you and every song every song on that album is core is core so okay i'm gonna say that um these albums are important to share with the youth of today, especially the, the female youth of today. Um, Jewel, Pieces of You. Uh, let's see. I'm, I'm gonna, I want to try and think of albums that are absolutely necessary for female feeling. Um Fiona Apple. What are the albums though? What are the albums you need to know? Uh, title and let's see When the Pawn okay title When the Pawn and Extraordinary b- Machine those are three amazing albums by Fiona Apple and then um, another people who are very important is uh so slow on this I feel like I should be better attuned to remembering things but um no all right so specifically seeking Natalie Merchant okay is another amazing brilliant female creator that like really hit some 90s chords with women um Natalie Merchant was part of 10,000 10,000 Maniacs. I don't know why I said that weird. Um, and the album that I most recommend from 10,000 Maniacs... is Our Time in Eden. But, um... That's 1992... I need to probably go back to the earlier stuff that they've done because I found them during our time in Eden and then went there. But then uh, Natalie went on her own and she created this album called Ophelia. So that is also this brilliant... It was a double disc album and she really... um, encapsulated different stories of women in that album but our time in eden what i love about that album is it's this really interesting storytelling and there is this um one song on the album that talks about the homestead wives and these women that came out with the men on the prairie trail and all this stuff and like Um, their husbands were staking claim on land and stuff, but if their husband died because of the laws at that time, that the women could not claim the land and they were just kind of left out there to anything. And the story kind of takes place through letters sent back to their sisters in their homeland. It's so beautiful and heartbreaking another person that was super influential and important in storytelling through song was Sarah McLachlan and she's got that covered. And I think that honestly, out of all the people I've talked about thus far, Sarah McLachlan, um, kind of exceeded other people. Other women that were very influential to my youth were like, Tori Amos, um, Mazzy Star, like, that's not her name. I don't even know it. But what is Mazzy Star? Uh, gosh, what else did I find? Some. <laughs> I really liked. Uh, gosh, what else did I really like? I don't know hope sandoval yeah that's her name she was always, she has been just adorable throughout her existence when i was younger um it was really the female artist that emboldened me um and when i got into my teenage years and i started hearing some chicks like doing music that wasn't just pop it it really hit me in the core um if you have a young lady in your life who is feeling discontent with the world, turn them on to these artists. Um, specifically the music that they created in the 90s. <laughs> they, were, they were feeling what the future was going to be and uh, creatively expressing it as such. And what a joy to be able to go back on it. And it's kind of sad, you know, that some of these people are not still performing. But it's also kind of interesting and brilliant that they had their time. And we got to enjoy what that was while it was. And they're not trying to be all try hard to make a, you know, resurgence if that's not where they're at right now. Because we're all allowed to move on and move forward. And there is some angst most definitely and sorrow in the music of these women and it's not like where we need to be all the time but it's there for when we need it and I'm so thankful it was created and I'm so thankful it was there for when I needed it but when I go back now and I listen to it and I still know almost all the words there's a part of me that feels some of the things that I felt before back in the day when I first heard it because of where I was at then but then I also feel something different about it because I'm me now and I've been different places and I'm not in that same spot that I was back then but I can basically like jam with my younger self with it like I'm jamming with myself, not because I'm sad about a boy or something like that. I'm jamming with it because, fuck yeah, it got me through. And um, I just want to say, like, all props to female musicians. And thank you for not stopping yourself from going out there and creating. And I can't wait to hear more because, honestly... Where I'm at in my life, (laughs) it's not that I don't like music from men, it's just saturated. I can find it anywhere. And so, if you've got a female voice and you've got a unique and insightful thing to say, I've been waiting for you my whole life. So many of us have been. And what's cool is like probably the people who are doing it most now are people who could be my children. Because if this album of um, Jules is in its 25th year, and I was like almost 18 when it came out, then yeah. There are some full-grown people out there who can create this, but there are also some people below that that could definitely create it as well. And, you know, I think I need to turn my nieces on to the music I like, so maybe I should... How do you make a mixtape for, like, do I just create a playlist? Do I just create a playlist that I, like, send to my nieces? Because it'd be cool if they, like, heard the music I like. And I didn't have to be, like, making them listen to it. They're like, oh my gosh, my auntie sent me something. Yeah, I want to listen to it. I don't know. If you know, hit me up. Askmadge at mail dot com. A S K M A D G E at mail dot com. Ask Madge. Um, answer Madge. Give me an answer, cause I don't, I don't really know how to turn the young ones on to music if I'm not like just pressing it on them. Cool. Well, that was a solid twenty minutes of talking about nostalgia, dude. Share the music that like reminds you of good things and bad things and all the things that could be with the people that you love that are too young to know what the fuck you're talking about. Find an interesting way to share it with them and uh, give them access to stuff, right? They might appreciate it later. I don't know. All right. This has been mass cast. Um, I want to apologize that uh, things that I've recorded that I was going to put on here were purposefully not accepted by the universe as things that I could put on here. So that got wrapped up real quick. So this is what you've got for now. Hope you have a good night, a great weekend, and love all the love you can receive and give all the love that you can give because... Who knows when the end is coming or, you know, you know. Okay, good night. Bye. Okay, it's only a couple minutes later. It's 11.59 and welcome back to MassCast. It is February 23rd, 2023. We're on the brink of the 24th. Went ahead and did a little Googling about top female performers in the 90s and what songs they had. And let me tell you, this is a pretty strong list of influence. Why does anybody care? Why am I talking about this? Because it means something to me. And it doesn't honestly matter. This is my podcast. I can say and do whatever the heck I want. But this is Hot 20, 1990s alternative pop rock songs by female singers, ballads. Number one, We've Got Jewel, With Hands, 1998. It's solid. How that's number one out of all of this, I'm not quite sure. Um, But let's just go through the list. The second one is The Promise. By Tracy Chapman. And can I, this is 1995. Um, I feel like Tracy Chapman um, was really in the early beginnings of all things to move forward female. Um, not only is Tracy Chapman a brilliant and strong vocalist. But she's a black woman. And... I haven't heard anything recent from her in this decade, but let me tell you, her album that came out really did hit a lot of people, and I think it hit a lot of people in ways that they didn't expect because of the color of her skin and the... Just assertion that she had in her her delivery for her music, like she knew what she was talking about, and she was very open about, like just putting her songs out there. She did win a Grammy, in fact, and uh, I'm glad she did. She won it for Fast Car, and that album was fucking fantastic album. It was one of the albums that, on a CD, that when my cousin Christopher joined the military and he was getting rid of everything, that was one of the albums he gave me. And his last name is Chapman and he's half black. They're probably not related, but he felt connection to the album through his name and through the songs in his own way. And he knew I liked her. So I got that album passed on to me. Appreciate it. It meant a lot. And it stayed with me for a long time. Then we go to Lisa Loeb. Oh my gosh. Lisa Loeb was the iconic vibe of desire for somebody who was my age. That was younger. That was like you pretty much got me big dorky glass lady like she had big goofy glasses that are still hip now you know you say (laughs) we loved Lisa Loeb and um she really wanted somebody to stay but I think that her showing all that vulnerability and like moving on through her music said even more Next up, number four, we have Full of Grace, Sarah McLachlan. So Sarah McLachlan starts getting into the vibe. She's got high production. She's got a beautiful and... um, I don't... It's like nostalgia is the first word that comes to my mind. But her voice has a haunting element which feels historic in things like if you could ever see Sarah McLaughlin sing in a cathedral you would probably be brought to your knees and tears she is solid but she is i think the one the out, out of everybody that we talk about now got the greatest push in um like popular music Okay, then we come here to That I Would Be Good by Alanis Morissette. Alanis, Alanis, I'm sorry if I'm pronouncing your name wrong. Lady, I love you. Um, I remember seeing you on Nickelodeon back in the day. Uh, I couldn't believe that that was you later. And you fueled some teenage angst and deciding about things Alanis what can you say about her she is visually through the videos the iconic weird girl who just disassociated it all in one video showing all the parts of herself to have to get back to Center And that's all most of us have been doing since we've seen something like that. What was that video? Um, Ironic. Ironic, that video was so cataclysmic and important to young women because it gave them permission to acknowledge that they are multifaceted. Going back to the idea of Jewel. That we could be one thing but have a lot of different faces, wear a lot of different hats, and be a lot of different things all at the same time. And what we were looking for and might continue to look for if we haven't found it yet is those that accept us for all that we are. And it wouldn't be ironic after that point, you know? It would be divine, it would be succinct. Alanis, Ugh, I love Canadians, um, and I really love how ruthless and raw so many of these performers were. We go down to six, which is Paula Cole, I Don't Want to Wait, and that's 1997, and anybody who was around for that was like, I don't want to wait for Allah to be over was that Dawson's Creek or something like this I can't remember what show Uh, everybody decided that that should be a theme song too but they did and uh, we all knew it basically from that maybe it meant something to someone but I didn't really get the same I didn't get the same kind of feeling off that song. It just was something that existed during a time. And then we have Tori Amos 1997 Pretty Good Year. People who liked Tori Amos were more fringe than me because I didn't know what that was yet. I had to like grasp at straws to learn along on what things were so it was like uh, the girls that were even more on the outside that were like Tori Amos is cool and I saw it and I felt it and really it just made me wish I was a redhead instead of a kind of reddish blonde I'm Kissing You by Desiree 1996 Ooh, what was that part? Was that that Romeo and Juliet movie? Let me look. I'm live researching right now. Um, Romeo and Juliet kissing you. Yes. Yes, that's exactly what it's from. Let me listen to a little bit of it and tell you how I felt about it. Because I did love the movie Romeo and Juliet. Oh my gosh. Right? Kate Winslet? Or was it Kate Winslet in that one? Hmm... Oh no, Claire Danes, yes. Claire Danes and Leonardo DiCaprio. God, we all wanted Leo back in the day, didn't we? And we wanted to either be Kate Winslet or Claire Danes. No, this is just sinful. The video. Yeah, no, I'm sorry, Desiree. Like, the only reason you made it on the list for that was because of the movie. And, um... Okay. Next up, we have... Sway. By Bic Runga. This is a lady? Sway? Sway. 1997. Let me see if I even recognize this. Vaguely familiar, but not enough to know by word. It probably makes me look like a racist because, um... Or it came from a different timeline. I don't know. It sounds familiar, but I don't know it. Okay, then we come into Kind and Generous by Natalie Merchant, 1998. I believe Kind and Generous was most definitely singular release for Natalie. She was no longer with 10,000 Maniacs. This may have been on the Ophelia album... Or the one previous to that that she delivered on her own. It was highly theatrical and um, it had more than one song that really spoke to the people. Goodbye to You by Michelle Branch. I remember the name Michelle Branch but do I remember her sound, her vibe? Nope. She's, like, on the country- countryside. And I did- I, like, during this time, I was very much not really on the countryside unless it was, like, hyper um, popular in my area. So, like, a lot of Shania Twain, Dixie Chicks, um, Reba McIntyre, uh, the, uh, what the fuck is her name? She married Tim McGraw. She was adorable. Blonde. I don't know. The uh, uh, My whole gym jam into country has just been toffee feet a little bit. And I used to hate country. <laughs> I used to hate country. Uh. I gained a little bit of a admiration for certain pop country in the 1990s early 2000s. Um and then later in life I got more appreciative toward like actual old country, honky tonk, bluegrass. Um that kind of that kind of work. Okay, now we're number 12. Torn, Natalie Imbruglia. Natalie Imbruglia. Oh, the album that she put out that has torn on it. Great album. Fucking great album. It is. Why am I judging a great female album on basically the truth that they tell? That they they get so worked up and literally torn apart. They have to write an album. They have the wherewithal to create music, to create songs, to just blast out into the world. And Torn hit me hard. And it hit me hard in a weird way. I got that album when I was 17, probably shortly after this album came out. I went to New York to audition for the American Academy of Dramatic Arts. And um, my step-grandmother purposely made me miss my interview because she didn't really believe that acting was a career. But even though I missed my audition, she took me to a show on Broadway where people get paid to perform. Funny, weird, ironic, don't you think? Yeah, that was the 90s for me. So I had gotten that album... Uh, just before I went on that trip. So it was with me and I listened to it on repeat on that trip and it was, it hit me hard. Um, why? Annie Lennox. This, uh, this might be the earliest one on this list. 1992. Why? Annie Lennox is a powerhouse of fucking weird. I'm not quite sure what to think about her but I think that uh, well my perception of what she does is strong and interesting and um, she must be pacing herself for a longer kind of thing just hearing the be- beginning of this has nothing to do with her but Sinead O'Connor it's been 16 hours it? Days since you took your love away. Ooh. Another great person, fucking Sinead. Another person who kind of dipped off the radar and is a profound human, I'm sure. And I'm probably happy for them that they jumped off the radar because. nothing about being in the spotlight was going to treat them well other than the people who really did admire them but the bullshit that you'd have to go through to have that? Not worth it. Alright, so Annie Lennox why? Really interesting like What? Okay. Okay, these are probably songs that I should go back to and listen to more just to get a greater context. But, yeah. What? One of Us, Joan Osborne. Um, Can I just say, truly, One of Us by Joan Osborne, 1995. One of the most insightful, creative songs to ever exist for a woman to sing and write and for other women to contemplate because it's like if God was one of us and so it's um, so beautiful in a philosophical sense and it also presents the question that if we are all part of God then we are all God, in a sense. And so why shouldn't we treat one another with such respect, such love, such knowing, such humble ability to adapt? Brilliant song. Um, Joan Osborne, brilliant, brilliant, brilliant songwriter. Sullen Girl, Fiona Apple, 1996. Like I've already said, Fiona is a force of nature. And her self-awareness with her problems and her feelings and what she wants has just been so profound over time. And sometimes it's a little hard for me to watch her now because you can see how she's still not gotten through it yet. And we want to see each other get through it. And uh, she's still working at it. She's still here. She's still connected. But it's been really, really fucking hard. And for somebody that you adore the creativity of and all the things, you just... You want all their creativity to lift them up out of the hardness. To be able to somehow transcend... Or maybe that's just my opinion. Next we come up to Kiss Me by Sixpence None the Richer. This is 1994. The interesting thing about this song is I was hyper-Christian and they were considered a Christian band and when this song came out and it was popular it was like kind of showing people that Christian music could be good. Um, It was used in some movie and then some other things anyway they were adorable it was a great song and in college the small time that I was there I worked at a Christian station and so I got to play it on the radio and I I personally just loved that, quote-unquote secular people could like something that I liked you know when they heard it, they didn't think it was a Christian band. They just liked the music. And that's kind of how I just feel about music now anymore Is like, it doesn't really matter. It's just, it matters if you like it. Feels Like Home by Bonnie Wright, 1996. This is number 17. Uh, n- Like I said, didn't really get into country. I'm. Um, sure it's a great song. Bonnie Raitt is adorable. But it just really was not my kind of jam. Number 18 is Never Saw Blue Like That by Sean Colvin. 1999. That's the year I graduated high school. Sean Colvin had a really interesting kind of moody vibe for people feeling. She was also used in some TV shows and stuff that I feel like that's how she got her popularity. The street, a flower, find the the Storytelling. Uh, 19, we have the infamous 1993, Fade Into You. Um, so I put th- the earliest one is 92 in here, maybe? If it's not, then it's this 93, Fade Into You. Mazzy Star. Very dreamy, very etheric, very kind of, if you were to gauge it on the body, it would be probably the sacral region. It's not exactly in the heart. It's not exactly in the root, but it's somewhere in the gut in the middle and a little bit in the head, you know, it's not grounded music, but it's, it's great. And, um, I think this is kind of the genre of music that they would consider like heroin chic or something. It's very dreamy. It's like reminded of something but stepping away at the same time. Mazzy. Mm. Gosh. And like when I look at these videos, I think about like most of the women in the videos that I liked were probably anywhere between three, five, or ten years older than I am. And um, that's who I wanted to be. That's what I, I wanted to embody. Number 20, I'm sure we're all familiar with. Here with Me by Dido, 1999. Dido was sort of this anomaly that came in from nowhere and really hit people. And then I think she did, um, a collaboration with Eminem, which gave her even more push. Where did that lady go? I don't know. We don't know about Dido anymore. Uh... I think it's very kind of strange that the the women in this list have put out really, really strong stuff and then just disappeared. Now they come back, they look different or they look too much like they did look before that it seems weird, but (laughs) you might remember some of this sadness. It's like, (laughs) these were just like beautiful young women writhing on beds, trying to seem happy, but absolutely distraught. Terrible, terrible programming for women, but super interesting to look on in retrospect and see the words say a lot. So where are they now? What are they doing? What did they become of? Can I be honest? um, With the whole 25th anniversary of Jewel and Pieces of You, kind of what that says to me is probably a lot of these people are still under contracts that have to give a final push so we're going to see them like taking their old stuff and putting it out again and it's people my age and a little bit older that are going to resonate with it unless they turn young people on it to get them into it to buy it or be interested in it but the music industry, it doesn't quite work the way it used to and I think it's grappling at straws to make numbers for themselves, much less pay on royalties and stuff to the people who actually created this music. And it wouldn't surprise me if a lot of them disappeared because they either didn't have like huge contracts that they had to fulfill, so they had small ones that they did, and then they slipped away because they realized what was going on, Or they're holding off and they're going to put it all together and they're going to give like one major last push. But but if it's for the labels and the contract, I hope they don't do that. I hope that they get together and they get out of their contracts and then they release their things alone independently so that we can support them independently. Because when I go back through all this stuff, I fucking love it. I miss it. Um, I've purposely stepped away from a lot of entertainment because the entertainment industry is gross. And I know that from my own experience. And I'm just thankful that now other people are talking about their experiences so that it can be more understood about how gross the industry has been for a long time. And that if we want to have entertainment, It has to change because it cannot sit where it has been. So I want to send all the love to my favorite female artists from my teenage years because y'all got me through existence. I was a person who didn't want to be alive back then. I was a person that was highly emotional and curious and isolated in certain ways and uh, it was the stories in your music that I could listen to alone by myself in my room looking in the mirror or writing in my journal that got me through to the next day to be able to get here 25 30 years later you know that's fucking priceless. And they aren't receiving checks for how priceless that is. So any of you that are creators out there, you don't know how important your work is going to be to a person. I'm just talking about people. I'm talking about females specifically who have been on the record of notability that influenced me I'm gonna have to sit back and think about some independent artists that I know individually that nobody really knows unless they know them to talk about and that's who I should be talking about but I wouldn't be able to talk about them if I couldn't appreciate this it's all a big line of appreciating everything that comes down the pathway for you That helps you get to where you want to be and who you want to be. And those women, they helped me find strength and solace in the loneliness. Feeling like I was understood. So that I could move on to the next place in life. So, thank you, Jewel. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you, Fiona. Thank you fucking Natalie. Thank you. All of you, Tracy. I have listed so many. I can't even know. Thank you. Mazzy star. I remember your name, but I don't, but I do, but I don't. You're all great. You helped me. You continue to help me. And I hope that, um, there are people in the world helping them that they acknowledge to continue to help them, and at the end of the day, I hope we all end up helping each other. Isn't that brilliant? Oh, look, another thirty-one minutes. Peace be with you. Listen to some good stuff from the nineties. Listen to women. God damn it! Seriously, listen to their stories. Listen to what they're telling you. Put it through the perspective of knowing that women want to be right, well, safe, and happy in the world, just like anybody else that feels that way. I mean, if there could be women that feel that way, but maybe not all of them do. A lot of them do They become creatives. They're diver- divergent in their mental. So they have to create to get it out, to move on. Okay. All right. Thanks. Bye. Good night.